before we get started, I just want to take a second and, uh, you know, as an entire organization and personally, you know, really just send our thoughts and prayers to the Tish family and uh, the terrible tragedy they've had to endure with the loss of their daughter. Uh, no one should ever have to go through that. And, you know, our hearts are all with the Tish family and showing support to them in whatever way we can. Uh, to kind of catch everybody up, today was our first day of phase two activities with the entire 80-man squad on the field. We were out there for a 90-minute window. You know, generally what that is, if we're split offense and defense, we can't come together and do anything competitive against each other. But it's an opportunity to get on the field and work football drills at full speed, get the guys out there, start working on some timing within the execution of our individual fundamentals and scheme, you know, build into the phase three activities, which are really coming up starting Friday, all right, with practice on the field. So with that being said, any questions anyone has, I'd be happy to answer. Dougie. Uh, hey, Joe, I was wondering if you could shed any light on what happened with Ross Cockrell. You know what, that's just something, uh, you know, front office would have a better answer for. Uh, we've talked with several players. Obviously, it doesn't always work out when you're doing negotiations of contracts. And, you know, you could ask Dave or Kevin, you know, and, and his agent, and they'll probably be able to give you a better reference on what happened. And you obviously have a lot of young corners. Is bringing in a veteran uh, at that position sort of a priority? You know, our priority is just to you know, develop the players we have on the roster and look for any talent available on the street. I don't care if it's a first-year player or a 10th-year player. You know, we're looking for good players to help build this program. So to answer the question pretty direct, is it priority to have a veteran? No, it's not. Thanks. Pat Leonard. Hey, Joe, I know your focus is on the field right now, but with what is happening in college right now, how are you guys pivoting or adjusting? What are you going to have to do scouting-wise to stay on top of – next year's draft, if it happens, when it happens, how much time can you spend on that now? And do you know how it's going to work? Well, I'll tell you what, in terms of the uh, timeline of the draft, you know, at this point, I'm assuming it's on a normal schedule until the league adjusts that. But our personnel department's done a great job, Pat, to this point of really staying proactive with it. And they've been talking throughout the summer, anticipating that some colleges may cancel football. Obviously, that's come to fruition at this point. So you're going to have to rely heavily on tape, which is ultimately – you know, the best scouting device anyway, what they do on the field. The disadvantage of that is you're not going to see their most recent year available because they're not going to play in a lot of places. You know, it'll be interesting to see how this league take or the college football takes shape this year as far as allowing transfers maybe within the same year what these conferences decide to do. So, you know, they have to make their decisions on their level. We'll adjust however we have to on ours. Thanks. Patty? Hi, Joe. I just wanted to follow up on something from last week, if I could. And that is, you mentioned that you were thinking about having some scrimmages and stuff like that. I know that's coming up in the next week or so. Can you just give us an update as to what your plan is uh, for, for that phase of the training camp? Yeah, so we're going to basically have an inter-squad scrimmage of some type every week of training camp. So, you know, the first one will be on uh, this next Friday coming up, not in two days, but next Friday coming up. And look, for everyone kind of familiar with football, that'll look a whole lot like every high school and college scrimmage in America. Offense on one sideline, defense on the other. We'll create situations on the field and let them play, you know, live football all the way through. We have to get a, an opportunity to let our guys play at full speed, all right, let them go out there and experience the game and demonstrate they can operate it, you know, when coaches aren't yelling in their ear and trying to make corrections. We just got to get them out there and let them play. Thank you. And – Coach, you talked a little bit about cornerback, but I uh, wanted to ask you about James Bradbury. Um, what have you learned about him so far? And are you seeing him take sort of a leadership role with that group? Well, I think all of our players are working on establishing leadership within their own groups. 
and that'll emerge more and more as training camp goes on. You know, it all starts with doing your job well and putting the team first, and that's really what leaders have to do. But I'd say specifically to James, what I've really seen with him in person so far is he comes to work every day all right, with a purpose. He's intent in the meetings. He takes you know, diligent care of his body off the field. And you can tell he's learned through his time in the league as to how to prepare himself for a season. I've been very impressed with him with his mannerisms in the meeting and how he's preparing. Now I'm anxious to get more on the field and see him in competitive situations. Hey, Joe. I was just curious in terms of uh, real peppers. I mean, we all keep talking about how multiple your defense be. He's kind of been a guy since college who has been a multiple player uh, and really hasn't fit into a certain role per se. What have you seen from Jabril and what do you envision as his spot on this defense? Well, the first part is what I see from him, I see energy. I mean, you hear him before you see him. You know when he's in the room. Uh, he's a lively guy, brings a lot of energy to the team, a lot of energy in the locker room. You can tell he's a football guy. He loves ball, he flies around. You can tell how guys are on the field whether it's conditioning, whether it's you have the limited version of practice we had this morning, you can tell football guys that he's definitely a ball guy. You know, in terms of his spot on defense, you know, Bart, not trying to be evasive on this, it's going to be whatever we need him to do right there. You know, with his skill set, he's going to factor into a lot of sub packages. You know, traditionally you've seen him play a lot in the box in different schemes and roles. He has that body type that still fits that, but he's going to have to be able to play in the deep part of the field as well as the box for us. You know, right now we're working with all of our players in terms of understanding our zone concepts so they understand how we're trying to play, what the spacing on the field and reaction timing is. And we're trying to train them all in the best man techniques within their own skill set and our schemes. So we're going to give him a swing of the bat at a lot of things, Art. We're going to shake it out week by week, however the opponent matches us up. He'll help you ready to take on a different uh, position for us. Thanks, Jordan. Jordan. Hey, Joe. Um, why yeah. was it important for Daniel Jones to put on weight this offseason or muscle? You know, that's not even a conversation we ever had. I think it's just something that, you know, when you look at any player from their rookie year to year two, bodies change. It's just different. In college, you work hard. In college, you've got a strength training program. You know, you, you practice hard. You do the mat drills in the winter. But when you get to the NFL and your body is your career, guys learn to take different care of it, okay? Not that they're trying to take better care of it because they're trying to do their best in college, but they learn how to really maximize what they have. That comes in nutrition. It comes into training. Obviously, he's a guy that during the pandemic, he didn't take time off. He really used it to his advantage for whatever he could do. So I'd say in terms of the importance of him putting on weight, I think it was just important to him overall to change his body, to be able to handle the duration of a season, which every rookie in the NFL, I don't care who you are, where you come from, every rookie eventually struggles with the duration of a 16-game season. That's just a fact. Is there an area where it helps the quarterback to have more weight on now? You know, Jordan, I think just overall body strength helps every player as an athlete with explosion and endurance on the field. You could look at a measure of does that help him absorb hits better? You know, I don't know if there's a, an absolute answer for that. It depends on who the hell is hitting him. You know what I mean? But I would just say in terms of it, he's done everything he can to help himself on the field. He's definitely came in in shape. Uh, he looks good in conditioning. You know, we're working right now as far as getting with his teammates and building some time. George. Hey, Joe. Um, with the start of phase two today, can you just say how much that meant to you to make it look more like football? And has there been any point during this whole process where you have been able to mentally forget about it for five, 10, 15 minutes and just be coaching football and not get into coronavirus, all these, all the masks and everything, and it's just football? Well, you know, Paul, I think the thing we did early on in this training camp 
but we just established the rules and protocols we're all going to follow and that's it we don't have to make a big issue every day we know what it is we're working for each other's safety and health all right we're following the rules and when we do that we can think about football all day so i've been coaching football every day here you know listen if you like football you truly love being on the field with the players that's the funnest part all right being on the field with the players interact and getting to coach getting to feel their energy on the field that's what's fun so Today being the real first true experience of having everybody on the field together, you know, from the start of stretch right there, getting them moving to the end of practice with conditioning, you know, it's just a great opportunity to be out there with the guys. They get a feel for us. We get a feel for them. You know, you're out there coaching. They love football. We love football. You know, meetings are necessary to make sure we know what to do on the field, but practice is what the day's all about. And this was indeed the first time you looked out on the field and saw 80 players, correct? That is true, yes. We're going to take two more, uh, Lombardo and Rock. Lombardo. Hey, Joe, once you guys get on the field with pads on Monday, that fit into another gear, right? I'm curious what you hope to see from a guy like Darius Slayton going into his second year when you guys can be a little bit more physical and uh, it looks a little bit more like football, especially when you didn't take any receivers in the draft. So once it, everything intensifies, what are you hoping to see from Darius? Well, I hope to see an improvement and a level of intensity from everybody on the field. Look, we're going to be moving at a fast pace come Friday and then again, you know, on Sunday when we come back after the day off. You know, they're going to be moving fast. We're going to be intent. We're going to have an intensity of how we work. You know, when the padded practice starts on Monday, it'll reduce to a 90-minute practice per league rule. And we're going to build everyone to make sure that now that we're in pads, we can execute with the right fundamentals to play aggressive but safe. So at all positions, receiver, D-line, it doesn't matter. You know, when the pads go on, you better see the intensity ramp up. Rock. Joe, just a quick follow-up on Peppers. Can he play what we would consider more of a traditional cornerback role for you? Does he have that versatility? And then the second part is um, how does the new rule about allowing uh, tryouts for free agents affect how you're going to develop this roster over the, over the next month? Well, I'd say I'm going to answer the second question first. Regardless of whoever's on the street, the most important thing is developing the players on your roster. That's the most important thing. It's part of the National Football League. You're always aware of the personnel of available on the street the personal department's always you know come up with lists of who's out there who's available what the needs may be you know in terms of the rules they are what they are we'll work within them but I'm not worried about guys that aren't on our team I'm focused on developing the guys on our team in terms of Jabril uh, with the cornerback role look we're going to cross train all of our DBs you know based on who the receiver is maybe there's a game we have to use them in that kind of role we'll have to see where the depth and the opponent takes us based on a weekly game plan but we're going to work all the fundamentals with all of our players Tom to make sure that when they're called on they have a solid base to start with, and they can execute what we need them to. 